0: The game is over, and
1: the New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it! That's a Jet touchdown! Can't wait! You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Welcome to Vanderbilt
0: Sports and Spirits here at the Wyndham Hamilton Park. Eric Allen alongside Bart Scott. And we're going right off the bat today with our player segment because th- Jermaine Curse is ready to roll. I tell you what, man.
1: Week one, we had to pipe in the noise. This week is organic, man. This just tells you where the season's going, man. You guys finally believe.
0: Our player segment is presented by MIT Bank, the official community bank of your New York Jets. Jermaine Curse. What did you think about the home faithful Thursday night? You guys put it on the Buffalo Bills pretty good, but the atmosphere was electric. That was your first game in terms of prime time at MetLife Stadium.
2: It was good to get a win. Uh, um, for a, we, We've been on a three-game uh, losing streak, so we wanted to come out and kind of make a statement for us and be able to um, come out there and just compete. Um, I thought it was a big win for us. With the crowd itself. The what crowd do you think was, about the, the
0: energy in the place? The crowd
2: was great. Um, You know, the attendance has been uh, getting better and better each game. and yeah, there we go. Um, you know, when you start seeing stuff like that, you know, just to be able to get the crowd involved and that momentum carrying on to each game and each week um, is a big thing.
1: Jed Nations, I have to understand, he's coming from the 12th man. Oh, I know now, where now, he's coming from. I know. <laughs> I remember going out there one time, and I was like, listen, this crowd is crazy out here in Seattle. But then I went to a high school, and we practiced. And then it had like a little overhang and everything we said came and bounced right back down. So, you know, you know, Paul Allen, man, you got to give it to him for the technology, man. It's, it's a crazy <laughs> atmosphere. But you know what I'm saying? He, you know, he used his Microsoft background to make sure that that, that noise <laughs> was crazy. Because, I mean, it was definitely there. You couldn't even speak to anybody. So, just Nations, you got to understand, you got you to you take it up a notch. Through nine games, 31 receptions, 380 yards, four touchdowns.
0: You were acquired September 1st. And a trade with the Seahawks. How have you been able to make it look like a seamless transition?
2: I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it seamless, but uh, it was definitely a quick transition. I wouldn't really even say there was a transition at all because as soon as I got uh, to New York or New Jersey, I went straight to the facility and I spent the first two days just literally um, cramming in the playbook because I, I was told I was going to start the first game. So I'm <laughs> like, all right, I got to learn a lot um in one week the good thing is um you know they say the nfl is a copycat league and so a lot of the stuff that we ran or we are running is it's a copycat league so everybody kind of runs concepts the same concepts. so it was just for me to um change the terminology and and try to remember that but the smaller details i'm still working on uh you know coaches like certain things a lot different um, in different areas. So that's something I kind of had to adjust to.
1: But it speaks to your football acumen. Uh, you know, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. I mean, you talk about before Safarin Jenkins came in, you were the go-to guy. And I think the defense is a starter to like, maybe move their move their coverage to you and roll it to, to you. And it's creating opportunities for Safarin Jenkins. And as they continue to try and take him away, I'm sure it'll open back up for you. But how important was it because you had a veteran quarterback that can kind of speak that nonverbal communication with you and be able to, you know, maybe if you guys aren't on the same pace, can give you that look and you guys can kind of, you know, speak the same language because you are veterans.
2: Um, it was definitely uh, helpful. Uh, me and Josh, um, we started right away of just kind of working on the timing stuff, whether that was um, at the beginning of practice and just running routes and you know, specific routes that I we're going to run in the game. And um, so we kind of we watched film a little bit together and just kind of try to get on the same page. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, we started to really connect. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to make some plays. And then as the season got going, we started getting some more guys going, like like you mentioned, Austin. And then and Robbie Anderson has been a huge um, help in the in the past game. He's been he's been explosive. And I'm trying to figure out when teams are going to stop taking the goal ball from him because he's <laughs> just going to keep taking them up top. It's, am- you, it's
1: amazing that they're still like, I see guys trying to press bell, yeah, but, they're, I, but they're squatting on him. Like, listen, he, have you not read the scouting report?
2: He's probably one of the fastest guys I've been around in the NFL. I mean, he, he definitely stretches the field. He's becoming a more complete receiver too, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, he's been improving each week, and he just puts the work in each um, each and every day, whether that's in the film study or out there working on his craft on the field. Now, you know, trades are part of the game, man.
1: You know, how did you handle when you got the news that you have been trading? You're not only leaving from the west coast, you're Pacific coming all North the way right, west. Right. and you're coming all the way over to the east coast. How did you wrap your head around that and you know, I, I know. I can imagine that the adjustment is still taking place. You know, moving your family and uprooting, rooting that. You know, explain to the listeners what that, what that's all about.
2: Well, for me, it was a, a bittersweet moment. I mean, just the, I played in Seattle for five years for the Seahawks, and um, I grew up in the state of Washington. I lived like an hour south of Seattle. I played high school football, college football, and then uh, I was blessed enough to play pros in the league. And just the relationships I built over time with the guys, um, you know, I, I, especially after the years uh, we won a Super Bowl there. You know, a lot of those guys I played for five or six years. And, you know, those rela- relationships transition, you know, outside of football. You know, those are some of my – I call them brothers because we were truly a family over there. And um, so – for that, it, that was kind of the the bitter part. But the sweet part, I was just I was looking forward to a new opportunity. I think it was time for me to start a new chapter in my life and kind of get out of Seattle. I was always interested, you know, thinking about whether um, that opportunity of playing outside of Seattle would be like. And uh, just the, the opportunity to, that I would have here, I was pretty excited about. And just starting with a brand-new team and a, an up-and-coming team. Um, you know, a lot of people kind of doubted what the the Jets were going to do this year, and when I first got into the facility, I just immediately just started talking to um, a lot of the players. Um, Leonard Williams was the first guy I started talking to, and just having those conversations of where everybody's mindset was at. Um, Because in the NFL, you know, just winning period is just like this small of a difference, but this small of a difference um, takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication and a lot of commitment and sacrifice, and so um just started to have those conversations with with everybody and, and it seemed like everybody kinda has similar mindsets but it's more so just trying to figure out, you know, the steps to go forward with that. And, and we, we got some great leaders in our team, um, you know, Demario Davis you know, those guys out there, they're, they're doing a great job in, in spreading the message, and uh, we're just trying to keep this thing on a roll. Inside the Jets is su- uh, supported by Selective Insurance. Responses, everything.
1: We're so er- good at that, man.
0: Eric I've Allen and Bart Scott here. <laughs> Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits. We're joined by Jermaine Curse. Speaking of responses, what has the media attention been like uh, to you compared to maybe a locker room in Seattle where people were flocking to... Richard Sherman or Cam Chancellor or Russell Wilson, where
2: you... Wait, wait, wait. They were asking about me,
0: too. Yeah, he's slipping, man. No, no, no. Rodney Rodney,
1: Rodney Dangerfield. No, no, no. No, no, no no,
0: I'm sure they were. But have you gotten more media attention?
2: Have you become more of a spokesperson for your new team, you think? Um, I think that that would be fair to say, more of a spokesperson for a team. Just uh, because, you know... I've been part of. I won a Super Bowl in 2013. You know, I've kind of seen what um, an organization kind of looks like. You know, a winning organization, and and that's what it goes back to when I was saying I was just having those conversations with everybody. Um, I didn't want to come off like I had every answer because I don't have every answer. But I've kind of seen, you know, the blueprint of it a little bit, and just try to um, mold it a little bit and just help take the steps. Like I said before, you know, help everyone take the steps forward to create the change and, and the attitude that we want our team to have. Because that was going to be my follow-up.
1: You know, what? how did you lean on that experience? Because maybe next year you're going to have a, a new young quarterback, you know, maybe either via free agency or in a draft, and you've been part of this process, you know, bringing in a young Russell Wilson. People forget about these great plays that you guys made because, you know, he was on a pitch count when he first got in the league. And they would take shots down the field. And, you know, you mentioned your your Super Bowl win. You know, I remember that great catch you—well, that wasn't the Super Bowl win, the Super Bowl defeat, the great catch. I did catch. have
2: one, though, in the Super Bowl. Right, yeah, right. It was. that was right here at Mountlite Stadium, right? Right, right? the Broncos? That's, exactly. why, that's why I love this
1: stadium. Well, yeah. you know the one that bounced <laughs> off. You know, how do you, how do you try and get the message? Because, you know, when you think about the – when I think about the, the Jets, they lost some alpha males. You know, they lost Darrell the Reeves. They lost some mainstays and Nick Mango. And they're kind of searching for those new leaders, and they don't really have a lot of people to, to ask about the answers who's been successful in this league. You're one of these guys. How are you leaning on that experience to help them understand what it takes to win in this league?
2: Well, you know, I, I credit that to the, the fact that I got to learn from some really good leaders and, you know, with Doug Baldwin and Cam Chancellor and, you know, those were the two main leaders over there in Seattle that I really kind of got to sit behind and just see how uh, they get certain messages across or how they went about things. And so that I think that's definitely helped me kind of uh, mold into my own form of a leader. I'm not the guy that's like getting in front of the whole team and makes this like brave heart speech but uh <laughs> lead up with DeMario, uh, right? Right. <laughs> but I I like to get I got I like to get more personal personally involved like just have these one-on-one conversations or you know just a few guys and just um you know have those those conversations to see kind of where everybody's at. And so for me um, it, it's something I'm kind of learning in my own, you know, being a little more vocal than I am uh, or than I was before. than I was in Seattle because I, I technically kind of had a similar role in Seattle, but I'm, I wasn't as vocal or I'm not as a vocal as I am here. People uh, forget that you play collegiately with the aforementioned
0: Austin Safarian Jenkins. Yeah. How different is a guy you knew then to the guy you see out there at the
2: facility on the practice field every day? I mean, he's definitely a different, different dude. I think, you know, mentally, um, he, he's in a different spot. He, he's been through some rough spots in his career so far and, uh, he's taken the necessary steps to, to make changes. Um, and that's something I kind of noticed when I first got here because obviously I've talked to him, you know, his first couple of years when he was in Tampa, um, And just have and talk to him like whether it was on the field or not but when i first when i got here at first and had a conversation with him i can definitely see um that his motives were different that his mindset was different about it. he was taking it more seriously because he knew um that what he had wasn't going to last forever and when it's taken from you you can definitely see how how different life can be without you know something you've been doing your whole life and you get to a certain spot in your career and then you kind of try to possibly can throw it away and so he kind of realized you know the dangers of that but he's definitely uh take the right steps and the right strides and heading in the right direction. and he's just continuing to put uh that time and effort uh into making them
1: now now four and five listen I know you're a veteran and I know externally you really can't talk about this and you know playoffs maybe being in the future but um internally how do you guys feel and how confident are you guys? I mean, because you, you, you've been in almost every game instead of, instead of, of the of uh, Oakland week Oakland, two. Your Oakland, yeah, Oakland week that two. It. You've been in every game. You lost some very tight games. We was
2: actually in that game too as well. Yeah. For You know, I think from the beginning of this season, you know, we've had that type of confidence. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't really know what this team was about because they were basing us off of last year and right. kind of who we had last year. This is a whole different team. The, the first game against Buffalo has been was the first game a lot of us even played with each other. Yep. I, when I was talking to a lot of people, I would ask them, like, well, how, how long have you been on the team? And some of them was like, I just got here in March. Right. And so, you know, the more and more people I've asked, I'm like, man, this team is, like, really brand new. Brand new. Yep. And whether they were young or they just got here. So that first those first two games, we were kind of just figuring out who we were, you know, and just figuring out what's our team identity, what is our standards, and – you know kind of learning about accountability and sacrifice and so um those first two games were kind of just you know learning about ourselves those are grown pains we're still going to go through grown pains because we still got a young team and we're still figuring things out but as far as confidence wise i don't think there was any lack of it
0: how many how much stress do you think this offense right now is putting on a defense because i look at the contributions you're getting all around Austin Savarian Jenkins, 33 catches. Robbie Anderson, 31 catches. Jermaine Kurse, 31 catches. Matt Forte, 29 catches. Then you think about the backfield, and you're getting getting large chunks from Bilal Powell, And then you have Matt Forte churning it out the other night against the Buffalo Bills for a pair of uh, touchdowns. How much stress do you think that puts on a defense, and how much, conversely, how fun is that to play in an offensive attack where the ball is getting spread out?
2: I mean, it's been good. We've been we've been able to move the ball pretty effectively throughout the games. Um, I think it just comes down to just consistency and doing things right longer than opponent. We've been into in certain games where uh, we were moving the ball, and then sometimes we just get penalties, and they kind of kill us. So, um, but as far as offensively, I think we've been doing a great job. Um, I feel like we could continue to get better. Um, you know, kind of fix up the the small mistakes, like I was talking about that. Uh, comes with winning and um i think we're going we're definitely taking the right steps towards it
0: jermaine you got something in common with this guy up here both undrafted
1: oh oh
2: uh, it, so, okay respect so
0: i look at the stats and i know it's more than stats but you played in the pac 12 and you finished number two on washington's career charts for receptions with 180 receiving yards and receiving touchdowns with 29 why, actually. I
2: was really tied for thirty. They gave me a bubble, and it uh, counted as a rushing. So <laughs> I still try to fight that. Yeah? yeah. So, yeah. so were you surprised you
0: weren't drafted, and what was the knock on you coming out?
2: Um, you know, I had a. I. I played a little bit my freshman year, uh, my second, and my ju- sophomore and junior year. I probably have my better seasons. I didn't have that too good of a senior year. Um, And a lot of people told me I probably should have left my junior year. Uh, But I wanted to graduate and I came back. Um, It was a different quarterback. And just, I just didn't have a good senior year. And that was kind of the knock on it. And I ended up going uh, undrafted. Um, But for me, I I never really, you know, kind of doubted that I wouldn't be able to, you know, find my way. You know, I I always use this, this quote. Steve Sarkeesian said this to me in college, and he always said, Sometimes you got to find a way to find a way. And I've always held that um, with me till this day. Um, I think it's a true statement, and then that's kind of what I did. Well, I know being an undrafted free agent, I had a huge chip on my shoulder, and I can remember
1: you know, some of the comments from um, um, Chris Carter and not giving you guys really the respect. And um, how how hard has it been because you come, you know, in the league as an undrafted free agent and people automatically assume because you don't have the name recognition that you're not a great receiver. You know, so how how have you used that chip and, you know, how hard is it to try and fight for that name and that respect that you deserve?
2: I mean, if you just watch me play, you'll kind of – you'll understand. Um, for me, you know, I, I always say – I always remind myself before every game I – that thirty two teams didn't want to draft I me and that's including the Jets. And um it just that's that's the type of Yeah, Woody, you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> that that's the that's the chip I play on my shoulder. I I, I don't forget. It. I mean I've been into the in the league. This is my sixth year now. And um, I still haven't forget that, you know, 32 teams passed up on me. And that's now, do you, go
1: through, do you go through the list? Sorry not to cut you out. I know we got to go to a break. Now, do you look at the list of the other receivers that was in front of you? Like, he ain't in the league no more. He I ain't in the league that no more. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I better than <laughs> him. Better than him. Real quickly, uh,
0: Jeremy Curley suspended four games today by the National Football League uh, for violating uh, the PD policy what do you anticipate from some of your youngsters now in that room specifically Chad Hanson or Darius Stewart
2: yeah I mean I mean last game uh, Chad actually got a, a, a lot more reps than he did before and he did a good job I mean he didn't he didn't have any catches but you know with the routes that he had he, he's definitely put some wins on film and um, I think they're going to do good they're going to step up um, I've, I've been talking to both of them I always talk to Chad talking about I need to see his. He went to Cal, so yep. I always give him crap about being another <laughs> Pac-12 uh, team and how we used to smack them all the time. But
0: um, smacked I, them around pretty good this year too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> um, I always tell him I'm like, man, I want to see your swag back. And you know they they've been doing a, a great job. They've been working on their craft um, each and every day. I've been trying to t- I've been talking to them, make myself available for them any any chance that they need help or anything any questions. Um, so. We just look forward to them to just step up. I mean, it's the next man up, and we're going to need them uh, in these next couple of games. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to watching them play. Well, you're off to a great start
0: here with your new team. Jermaine, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be right back here the on Inside the drafted, Thank man. you.
1: The 13th round.
0: All right. We're broadcasting live from Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits inside the Wyndham Hamilton Park Hotel here in Florham Park, New Jersey. Eric Allen alongside Bart Scott. Um... We just finished up with Jermaine Kirst, who is on pace for a career-high 55 catches. And he's closing in. Uh, and if he averages out over uh, 16 games, maybe a career-high in terms of yards and seven touchdowns he's on pace for. What do you think about the production of him in his first season with the Green and White?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I think it was very important. It was a, a great pickup. You know, he, he has an, a knack for, for getting open, reading um, zones, being able to, you know, he's crafty. You know, he reminds me a lot of Brad Smith, man. He just seems like a class act. He's a guy that, you know, I can imagine that the younger receivers kind of gravitate to and lean on his experiences. And you heard, you heard him say all the right things. He talked about making himself available because it's about building the team up. It's not about just individual success. We understand if the group is successful, then we all are going to be successful. So the more I can coach up my teammates, the better we all can be. The easier it's going to be for me. But you know, I think that's secondary to him. I think he just wants to make sure that he can help anybody with whatever he can, and you need guys like that in your locker room. I that's see. what we talk about when we talk about having a quality locker room. I think the Giants can. Uh, well, he can't. They can't get. Can't get them from us, but they can. You know, they'll benefit from a guy like him in that I'll locker
0: I'll tell you what. You know what was overlooked in that trade? Sheldon Richardson goes to the Seahawks. Second round draft? It's a, a, a talented player, no doubt about it. A, a force at times in the National Football League. But I think he's one of the best defensive tackles in the game. But long term, right. were you, were you going to sign him long term? And instead, you're bringing a receiver into your room who you constantly refer to as a professional receiver added to a young group for a veteran quarterback, and you get the second-round pick in return.
1: No, absolutely. You know, I mean, you talk about, you know, you're going to lose Sheldon Richardson for nothing anyway. You know, you saw Bill Belichick finally let Garoppolo go because you understand that, you know, you can't sign three defensive tackles to long-term money and have success. It's about the distribution uh, of funds, and you can't put all that money into two defensive tackles. You know, that's why you know, I think it's, it's going to be um, decision day as well because, I think, you know, when you have a a successful year where you exceed expectations, you know, much like they did winners, I think it's time to start shoring up some of these young talents, you know. So you got to look at a guy like Leonard Williams and say, hey, man, is it time for us to drop, you know, the, the money for him now because you pay you pay now you pay less you pay less you pay later you're going to have to pay more so that's something that they're going to have to address coming up pretty soon
0: we'll have to see what happens with that uh first time uh, this season the jets played in primetime they took care of the buffalo bills who came into metlife stadium a hot club yep was not beating themselves was uh, stopping teams from running on them and in turn the Jets come in, and they rush for nearly 200 yards. They're plus three in turnover differential against a team that has lived off the takeaway, yep. and they finally get the pass rush going with 7-6.
1: Well, absolutely. It's talked about, remember I told you how, you how you rush a shorter quarterback, a mobile quarterback, because the same lanes that they run through, they throw through. So you want to you you muddy up the picture, understanding that you, know, you guys are 6'5", 6'6", and he's 6'1". So if you, if you muddy up the pocket, make sure that you don't get past quarterback depth. And if you do get past quarterback depth, you, re, you retreat. You make him throw it out of a well, which is what we say. Make him throw it out, out of a well. And, you know, even though he has some good yardage, he missed a lot of throws because it's hard to be accurate because it always feels like somebody's around you and that, that eternal clock really goes off in your head. But another thing about playing on primetime, what it was, is it's really an audition, you know, for other guys that are watching you play. You know, they—they they, this, this gives them a, a look into how you play, you know, how tight of a team you guys are, and I think if anybody saw that team, they should be excited if they're up for free agency, understanding the salary cap space that the Jets have. That hey man, this may be a. A, a team that's on the uprise. This may be a team that I can help put over the top. This may be a team where I can be the the guy, or I can help get them over the you know over the edge. And you know I think that's important when you go on a national you know a national platform yep. that you want to you know have a good showing because it, it makes other guys want to come here. So the place was rocking. Yeah, Fireman man. Ed was back leading the Jets chant. Oh man, I can't go with Fireman Ed, man. Oh. This, this you got to be on that bandwagon all the time, man. You can't jump on and off the bandwagon, man. We gotta put we gotta put Fireman. He got to do the chat
0: on okay. skype
1: so may- on the big screen maybe we'll have ad come
0: in and he can talk to yeah, you about ed, it but yeah, I, listen yeah. i thought i did a nice job the other night and i thought the fans were
1: fantastic and i w- ed, ed can't do it ed can't wait to do it on on a um, on a national platform i would like to see him out there on all the games you can't just come out on a national platform uh, uh, and try and be the team's mascot and be the most famous fan man you gotta stick with the team through thick and thin ed I got some words for you, Ed. You're going to have to prove to me that you deserve your spot back.
0: Okay, can we talk about, a little bit about dancing now that you got that out? Okay, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so during a, a television timeout the other night, 11 Jets defenders yeah, man. broke it down.
1: Who's that, the funniest dancer? Who's the best dancer to you?
0: Uh, I don't know. I ha- would have to go back to the videotape because this is uh, what I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. The hashtag... Jets' dance to anything was born. On Friday, Twitter users started using various songs over the video. Yeah, what man. did you think about that?
1: I think it was great, man. And what was great about it, it wasn't, it wasn't showing the Buffalo Bills up. It was just raw emotion. It was excitement. I'm sure that they wanted to get that payback. You know, whenever you get embarrassed or physically beat, and you want to come back and have an opportunity. That's a great thing about playing people within your division. You get an opportunity to right your wrongs. And I thought it was great, man. I think it shows just how young this team is. And even for the older players like Muhammad Wilkerson, you know, I think when you surround you know players that are, that are say in the middle of their career with young guys, I think they re-energize them. And I can see you know Muhammad, you know, playing playing. You know, he came to life, you know, because it's just so much energy out there you gotta I, love it
0: I I gotta give 33 some love Jamal Adams yeah yeah he, he brings the energy he's he, a tone setter yeah yeah and I'm not just, just talking about his play you're asking me about dancing right I thought dance. I thought he was pretty good
1: he was dead, yeah. He, he hit the, uh, I don't know what he was doing. I think what, it was, what you, I think it was uh, well, well, cutting it. He, I thought I he think was. I think it was, cut, I think it was cutting it. But, you know, I think, I think if you if you really look, I think Darren Lee. I mean, Darren I know, Lee, huh? And I know I'm biased because I, he's in the line yeah, back he You know breaker. what I'm saying? He, he did a little bit more swag with yeah, the Yeah, he hip, does. You know what I mean? He had a little bit more hip action in going on. You know what I mean? So, you know, you know I think, you know, maybe we might have one or two out of that group that could be a contestant on Dancing with the Stars later on. I don't know. But, I, I have to see more.
0: You know what I like, though? it like. You just mentioned it was the exuberance, the passion.
1: Those guys weren't showing anybody up. They're just in the moment, loving where they are, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? I'm telling you, man, and, and listen, man, you go to training camp, you hear all the naysayers telling people what you can't do, and then you have the opportunity to prove them wrong. It's no greater feeling. You know, it's satisfaction, you know, and it's being evidence. it's almost like relief, too, that you can say, listen, I was right, because you didn't know. They didn't know if they were going to be able to win four games. They knew they were going to come out and and, and play hard, but to be in the mix in November, that's all you can ask for. You know, we call it the dash for the cast, just to have an opportunity. You see the other team in New York on the other side of town, they mailed it in. Those U-Haul trucks are packed. The the iPad. What do you call them? The pods. The pods. The are pods. The cars are already shipped back home. They got one car. They've already mailed it in, man. Um, all right. So your vote goes. No, th- you, you don't have to skip over that, man. We can say that they no. mailed it in. <laughs> this
0: is inside the Jets, not inside the Giants. And thank you so much for tuning in on Facebook and on NewYorkJets.com and, and always- listening to, uh, on ESPN Radio as well. We're gonna come right back and do a little mid-season report card about. Your New York Jets. Welcome back to Inside the Jets, Eric Allen and Bart Scott here at Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits. Great crowd tonight. Uh, everybody uh, getting their autographs with the Jermaine Curse over there. Um, uh, uh, Bart. Huh? You, you still with us or what? No, no, I was uh, trying to do my McAdoo. Okay, um, so, um. so uh, um, um. drive of the game, trip of the game is brought to you by Antigua and Barbuda. The beach is just the beginning. The Jets' drive of the game was their first possession in the third quarter, because here we were, again, in a familiar territory. A lead at halftime, a tight game, 10 to seven. But the defense comes out, they force a three and out, and Josh McCown and company go right down the field, and they culminate a possession with a scoring pass
1: to Robbie Anderson. And you have to understand, that wasn't the play called in the huddle, that was a check. After he, you know, McCown surveyed the defense, he made a check. He saw that he had one-on-one coverage, and he pulled the trigger, you know, and he hit Robbie Anderson in stride, and that's why I keep telling, you know, the Jet fans that say, hey, you know, we need to see the other quarterbacks. Like, listen, Robbie Anderson was made to be great and make a great play because he had a quarterback that had the wisdom and the experience to check to the play because he had seen that defense before. Totally agree. Uh, It was a great play. It was a veteran
0: move. The guy is completing over 70% of his passes. Each and every week we talk about Josh McCown and his high-level play. And I'll tell you what,
1: it's not going away. And I'm telling you, I'm I'm trying to figure out when do the Jet fans change their expectations because, of course, everybody wants a a quarterback. They they think this is a quarterback-rich draft. But I'm telling you, watching Darnold and some of these young college kids, they aren't ready. And, you know, you talk about, you know, being able to evaluate the rest of your team. I think people are realizing that the Jets may not have as many holes as they once thought. And you talk about a team as well that's going to get Quincy Inouye back next year. And you add that to that to already, you know, deep, you know, wide receiver room. And, you know, his ability to play, you know, that H-back slash receiver slash tight end, you know, I think it's going to add just a whole nother layer and being able to go out in free agency. You know, so, I mean, I think you, you stay the course. You stay the course. You Like, as Herm Edwards would say, you play to win the game. And, you know, going for the playoffs and having something to shoot for, I think should be the goal. You should try and win them all. You're not trying to tank. Tank for what? No, I think they put This that, thing is wide open. Uh, listen, I think they put that
0: to bed uh, long ago. They've been a streaky team so far early. Now the thing is for this, for this young Jets team is to develop consistency. Lost their first two games, then a three-game winning streak. Then they come back, and they lose three in a row. Now they're on a winning streak again. You have to follow this win up against the Buffalo Bills by going down to Tampa.
1: Oh, they struggle it. And Without Jameis. Oh, going back to see an old familiar foe, right?
0: Yes. Oh, going to see the buddy. Ryan Fitzpatrick will uh, be the starting quarterback uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Sunday that train's afternoon. Never,
1: that train's never late. And? That train's never late.
0: Mike Evans, suspended by the National Football League. Absolutely. So he will not be playing one of the better receivers. Now, they do have some weapons. They, what, they do, but,
1: you know, somebody got to get it to him. Right. That train's never late with well, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, okay. so what's, I, I remember when I was a member yeah, of but, CBS. Right. And I charted Ryan Fitzpatrick. 89 games, 92 turnovers. So, you know, he's going to throw you one or he's going to put one out there for you to throw. You just got to make sure you catch it. And, you know, it's going to be important that they make sure that they stop the running game because they're going to lean heavy on the running game and try and take shots, you know, with, uh, with uh, Deshaun, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. And you got, to, you got to be aware of break. Yeah, great, uh, triple the triple team him yeah. inside the red zone. You know, greatest, great, greatest the uh, is the X factor for them. But I think this is a very winnable game, and it's not all the time about who you play; it's when you play them. And I think you had a momentum. This team is feeling sorry for themselves. They won't be playing with their leader, their uncut, uh, clear winner uh, leader, and Jameis Winston. So you have an opportunity. And listen, you don't make any excuses. You go in there, and you you beat them down, and you and you put that doubt in their heads early. And you make Ryan Fitzpatrick have to beat you from the pocket.
0: And defensively. This Buccaneers team has dealt with a number of injuries. God oh, man,
1: they can't stop the run.
0: And they've had a lot of difficulty setting the edge. And the Jets should be feeling real good about the run game right now, heading down to Tampa.
1: Well, absolutely. You know, the first time you saw like what the Jets were capable of when they're all on the same page was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, nope. because everybody was on a string. Everybody understood what front they saw, you know, they had nine men in the box. That's almost impossible to block. But they were letting the backside guy go and climbing directly up to the linebackers, getting in their face, and then letting somebody, letting two two guys go and blocking seven. And you have to be on the same page as far as communication to be able to do that. What I loved uh, against the Bills is that sometimes they were getting two yards, three
0: yards early, and John Morton just said, we're keeping at it. We, we can't go to wood here. And then eventually it broke. Bilal Paul
1: had a couple fantastic uh, runs in the back second back half. Yeah. You know, a big one called back. And, you know, um, and that's what it is. When you have a three-headed monster and you just want to keep, you know, their body blows, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's tough sledding. You know, it's a yard here, uh, a yard there, two yards, three yards here. But all you got to do is have a couple of explosives. You know, they can change the game. That's how you break a team's will. That's how you take their legs away, so to speak. All right, so through
0: nine games, the Jets are ranked number
1: 22 in offense, number 18
0: uh, 18 in terms of rushing, number 25 in terms of passing. Uh, What do you like, and where does this team got to get better offensively?
1: Well, I think they have to be able to get some more explosive plays um, i like to see them take some more shots down the field because when you take shots down the field, one or two, you know, three things can happen, and, and, bo- and two of them are good for the, uh, for the offense. Either you catch it or you get pass interference, or, you know, you got to think most guys on defense play defense because they can't catch. So, you know, it's a low possibility on one-on-one coverage that, you know, the defender's going to pick it off. So i like to see them take some more shots down the field you know, i like to see some more explosive plays from the special teams as far as in a return game. Okay. You know, and that's all about chemistry and timing as well. You know, being able to, to, to really scheme guys. And I think they do a great job in the coverage unit. You know, I think they're flipping the field a lot. But i like to see them start to get some more explosive plays where you can, you know, give the offense the ball on the 40, say on kickoff return or, you know, be able to get more than 10 yards you know on on punt return
0: what about defensively number 25 in the national football league number 23 in rushing number 20 against the pass uh what do you like and especially off of last game you had to be tremendously excited about the way they bottled up LaShawn McCoy one of the top two or three backs maybe top two backs in the national football league and then they finally got to the passer
1: yeah, well, I like the way that the linebackers are coming downhill. I like that they're committing and they're making it a physical battle because that's really what it's all about. It's a physical challenge. You know, I think in the first game, Buffalo won the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and it showed in the stats. I think, you know, without a question, you know, the, the we won the, the, the line of scrimmage and, and and really set the tone and the tempo with, with our physicality. You know, I think what they really have to do, like you said, they have to continue, not so much all the time about – you know, the sacks. But I, I like to see them get more hits on a quarterback. You know, I like to see them, you know, be a little smarter on, on third down, you know, and be able to get off the field and win the situational football game. I like to see this team get some maturity and understand about situational football and being able to win in the tight spots. When I say the tight spots, you know, you want to go. You want to start the game well. You want to make sure that, you know, you disrupt the team first 15-play drive, which they have scripted, and get them behind so you can knock that out the way. And you want to make sure when you come out the locker room and if you, you know, receive at the beginning of the half and you come out on defense, you three and out them again. Those are the situations you want to make sure you win all the time in two-minute drills.
0: Yeah, we, uh, well, we got to get to Mario Davis here, your old... Little uh, uh, Morris, uh, chest, uh, Morris chestnut? Yeah, yeah, your old apprentice. Listen, uh, because... Darren Lee came on the show, and I'll tell you what, over the last three or four yeah. weeks, he's been fantastic. So fantasy honors by Jermaine Curse. You better Kurtz. get Curse Curse going, going, going for going going for
1: for 100. 122 maybe, touchdowns. Maybe,
0: maybe one touchdown or two, no, two touchdowns two, against the Buccaneers. Two. two. We'll, we'll come right back. Talk, we'll talk take, about giving we, up. We, they're we, giving up, too.
1: They, they, we they will
0: break. take a look at the AFC landscape. I don't even want to call it the playoff pitcher, but we'll see where the Jets are in the AFC as we come right back here
1: on Inside the Jets. Boy, hour goes quick, doesn't it? Hey yeah, man, especially when you got a first guest that that give you some good content. Yeah, not like Robbie Anderson. Okay, no message. <laughs> I'm gonna let uh, one more week. And I'm gonna let Robbie live. You uh, got one more
0: week. Okay, you know, after Robbie appeared on Inside the Jets, he had three consecutive games where he caught a touchdown pass. Yeah, man, he old or something. Okay, we got him hot. So how about that? So let's look at the AFC right now. Pittsburgh on top of the conference with a six and two mark, um, based on conference record they would have the one seed over new england. New England's there at 6 and 2. You got Kansas City who started off really hot. They're 6 and 3. Still look like a solid team. You got a battle developing in the AFC South between the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both teams 5 and 3 and then the Buffalo Bills still surprised no matter what happened yeah. the other night at MetLife Stadium. They're sitting there at 5 and 3. Then right after, you have a group of teams who are Tightly packed together. Miami's four and four. The Oakland Raiders are four and five. Horrible. The New York Jets are four and five. Good. The Baltimore Ravens are four and
1: five. The Houston- I hate to say it, man. It's a wrap for them, man. They they just don't look. They they can't stay healthy. They they're gonna have to depend on Danny Woodhead and see if he can bring them something. But you know, I don't. They don't look right. The Blackout U- don't look right.
0: The Houston Texans three and five,
1: missing <laughs> Deshaun
0: Watson. Tough blow. Yanks,
1: that Yanks. was
0: after losing J.J. Watt, and then you got Denver, Merciless. Cincinnati, and San Diego. So, the Jets, can they get in the mix here with the win this week and be playing meaningful football in December when nobody, nobody, except for a few people, maybe internally,
1: and maybe yourself, Bart Scott, thought, that would be the case in August. I tell you what, eight and eight, nine and seven could be that final wild card spot. You know, it's gonna be pivotal that they get this game this week and then they're, they're gonna to have to pack their lunch pail when they have to go down and see Carolina because you know that's a Carolina's t- coming well, up. There. Well, I'm just saying when they play Carolina, yeah. they're gonna to have to pack a lunch, man, because that's a physical football team, a veteran football team defensively. And Cam when he's on, he's on. Um, I think he's still searching for something after losing Benjamin. You know, they're trying to force feed McCaffrey a lot of production. You know, he gets a lot of, you know, catches, but it's not a lot of yards. You know, that's going to be the pivotal game right there. I think if they get these next two, I think they'll be on their way to to eight and eight, nine and seven. I think that can get them in. I don't believe in the Broncos quarterback issues. One thing you can say when you talk about the Jets, you don't have to worry about the quarterback play. The quarterback play is going to be solid. And, you know, you have questions about Dalton. You, you have questions about the protection in the run game. You know, when you talk about the Chargers, you talk about the Texans. I mean, they signed T.J. Yates and McGloin. I don't even know if McGloin spent more than a half a season in the NFL. And if he didn't have a relationship with Bill O'Brien, if he would even got that phone call. And then you go, you go to Oakland. Oakland's a downward spiral. They're going to knock each other off within that division. They still have to. They're not finished with their division play. So I think, you know, they knocked themselves out. And I'm still not a, a real believer in the Buffalo Bills. You know, they have to prove it over a period of time. You know, and we'll see where that, where that falls out. But I, Tennessee and Buffalo, I think, will be the front runners. And I think the Jets are right there in the mix.
0: Yeah, so the bottom line is the Jets are going to have to string together a number of victories here. It all starts... This weekend against Tampa, you mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick before. He's starting this week against the New York Jets. Played two seasons here, a highly productive campaign in 2015. It went the other direction in 2016 as the Jets finished 5 and 11. You've been part of de- defenses who have game plan against him. What yeah. what what is, what is it like in that room? What are his strengths and then? From a player's perspective, what do you know when, you when can do to him?
1: When I play with him, against him? Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to get Pro Bowl stats, man. Yeah. i tell you what. Well, you have to pre- – you know, he – what about Ryan Fitzpatrick, how we always play Ryan Fitzpatrick? He's a very smart guy. I believe he's from Harvard, right? That's correct. So he, he thinks he's the smartest man on the football field. With that being said, you present some looks, he's already going to predetermine where he's going with the football. So we always know knew that he didn't have a strong arm. So he either had to be roll, he had to roll out to throw the ball far down the field. He really couldn't throw the ball far down the field. Now he throws vertical routes, but he lets the ball go early. He doesn't hold it, pat the ball, let the receiver win. He throws it while the receiver is still covered, hoping that they can uncover down the field because he doesn't have the biggest arm. So with that being said, is what you want to do is you want to pack the boundary and make all his throws, even the outs and things, you have to make him throw across the field. So the ball's either going to be on one hash. So if the ball's on the right hash, you want to make him have to throw the ball to the left. The ball's on the left hash, you want to pack, you know, with coverage to to that short side of the field, making him have to throw the ball across his field because he doesn't have a strong arm. And if I'm a receiver, understanding if I'm a defensive back or defender you know that he predetermines where he's going for the ball so you flat foot everything and you jump the first thing that you see because if he's going to give a double move the double move is only going to be about 20 yards before it hits the receiver's hands he's not throwing a 50 yard bomb he's not throwing a 60 yard bomb so you put coverage over the top, and you squat on everything. You make him beat you throwing the ball down the field. So the opportunities will be there. Have I ever lost to Ryan Fitzpatrick? This
0: week, again, for the Jets. Maybe once. To get a number of takeaways, because Tampa, it's the same game plan every week. I know people kind of roll their eyes, but it really is. You've got to take away Doug Martin, yep. and he's struggled this year because Tampa's not getting any push up front. You talk about being in the trenches the Jets have to win in the trenches again. On paper, they should. Now, this is a big step as far as maturity-wise for this young
1: team. I mean, it's going to be a man's game, too. You talk about they understand they're limited, so they're going to try and establish a run. And you got to remember that they play on grass, so it's not the fastest surface. And it's not the most steady surface. So you got to make sure that your feet wears right. Make sure that you got the long spikes on. You know, with that being said, you got to make sure that you don't step with the inside foot or try and cut off your inside foot. Everything's about planning on the outside foot so you keep your balance, sink your hips, and make sure that you come under control.
0: Offensively, if you get a lead against this team, what do you think happens? Because we saw against New Orleans frustration they lost it. for the Buccaneers.
2: First
1: of all, uh, I'm sorry if... The game has changed, man. The quarterback, who's out the game because he's injured. I've never seen that before. Took a defensive player and poked him in the back of his head. How would Bart Scott uh, react to that? I would have grabbed James by that afro and drug him up and down that football field. That nose would have been bloody, man. You can't miss that big nose. I would have messed Man, come on. Are you serious? A quarterback? Oh, man. you. Keep killing me, Petey. Listen,
0: so uh, Jameis will not be in action this week. and nor, James would have had a plug pulled out his head. Nor will Bart Scott, even though uh, he might be available for a couple hits, right?
1: Hey, listen, man. I'm in tremendous shape. I'm, I, you, know, you are in good shape. The, the great thing is when you don't play anymore, you never you never, you never, never chip away. Hey, uh, I did want to ask you this. we got
0: about 45 seconds. How about the play of DeMario Davis and Darren Lee? We talked about it before, but... Uh, Todd Bull said he used both of them to spy individually and at times, both of them against Tyrod Taylor.
1: Well, listen, that was just a total lack of respect for everybody else, all the skill positions. I don't, did, did Charles Clay play? No, he did not. So Charles Clay, so that's one less threat. Shady didn't seem like he was himself. Right. So now you're able to make sure that you can have two spies because it's hard when you're in the middle because you can, you can run into a lot of trash. You feel a lot more confident when you have two linebackers so, on both sides. So side. next week, when we come back, Jets 5 and five? Absolutely. We'll see you next week. Three picks from Prince Patrick. <laughs> never late. Train's never late.